Welcome again to Back to the Future Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie Back to the Future, part two, one Marty calling minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Nick Jimenez in the news. And joining us for our third day of Patreon All-Star Week, Brian Green. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. So uh, today we are going back to minute 73, which begins with Doc riding his little bike into Biff's garage. <laughs> he kind of looks like uh, Miss Gulch from The Wizard of Oz. He, he does. does. <laughs> and ends with Doc looking under a car cover and uh, he's not happy with what he's seeing. <laughs> I, weird question that I, that I just thought of. Is this? Never mind. Never mind. No. <laughs> Never what? mind. Never. No, I'm embarrassed because I, I'm embarrassed to even say it out loud. Now I was about to ask a very dumb question. Okay. All right. I was going <laughs> to ask if this, well, now it's just, I was going to ask if this is the first all doc minute and then literally on mute, I just see Biff and Marty and I was like, of course it's not. You just watched it. Like, what do you, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm pretty sure I think this minute sets the record for the amount of times the word Marty is uttered out loud. It is a lot of Martys per minute. I think I counted earlier. I think it was six seconds, six times. Six six times? Six times. And a damn. And a damn at the end, which is another (laughs) doc staple. Yeah. Damn, where is that kid? Like, all that was missing was a great Scott, and he would have gotten all of it. That would have been, like, if you pulled the Doc doll string, like, the most amount of times. You know what I mean? Yeah. We would have gotten Doc Brown bingo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Marty, damn, great Scott. (laughs) Iny. I love that. I love that he refers to Marty as a kid, because it's really easy to forget that Marty's a kid. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It kind of paints everything in a different light. When you look at it from the perspective of Doc, like, I'm just stuck with this 16-year-old. And he loves him, but it's like, he is like a 16-year-old kid, and he's, and he's like a 70-year-old man. <laughs> I mean, really, at this point, who knows how old he is? Because we don't really know how long he was gone for in the future. Yeah, like, he, um, yeah, he, he kind of is almost like, uh, it's like, how old is Thanos? You know what I mean? Like. Right. Or like, how old? How old is uh, is Kang the Conqueror anymore? Well, he was he was only in the future for a day though, because when he comes gets back to 1955, he says he feels like he was just here yesterday. And Doc says you were just here yesterday. For a day. Yeah, that's true. Where does he go in the cartoon? They go to pretty crazy places in the cartoon, right? They go everywhere in the cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> So in the oh, opening, in the, oh. in the opening couple seconds of the of the minute, have you guys talked about this statue that's in the front yard at Biff's house? The uh, is it the is it the the jockey statue? Yes. Yeah, that's I I don't yeah. It's I I mean it, it I we saw it when uh, I guess I don't know if it just didn't look as. Is it a jockey or is it like an usher or like a? Because he's wearing a little uniform. He's got a right. little he's got a little hat on, but he's also black. Not really sure what that's about. I don't it know. It certainly if that's like, doesn't look PC. 
Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's like a stylistic like statue choice. You know how like some statues will be like like all the features will just be like just like plain black, you know, mm-hmm. like sometimes mm-hmm. you'll see statues like that. And I don't think they mean anything racial necessarily. But the fact that this one is wearing a little costume, too. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, there weren't a lot of ways to not illustrate people of color before like the 80s that wasn't really racist yeah <laughs> like i mean you i mean you you look at like ebony from from the spirit you know what i mean and you're like oh right. boy yeah. <laughs> you're like i know will eisner's like a good person but oh boy <laughs> This is also uh, the first of two times this week that we'll get a no parking anytime sign. <laughs> That's funny. Wow. Yeah. Um, which is a weird thing to have in the place where you park your car uh, at your house. Yeah. It's like, and the gate's closed. Yeah. Like, where were you? Well, the, the gate was closed when Biff left, too. He, like, oh. closes it behind him. That's true. Yeah, it's just a weird sign. Yeah, I think she's just a crazy old lady. Yeah, well, we know that. She's voiced by Tom F. Wilson. Right. Is she? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she is. He, so now uh, he is every Tannen. Right. I think maybe we haven't gotten to that in the show yet. Oh, okay. Sorry. See, yeah. I'm getting my timelines mixed up. As, as we're <laughs> recording, I think, we, I think that comes up on Thursday or Friday show. Mm, um, gotcha. Maybe. I'm not sure. So you'll uh, know yeah. when you listen to it. Oh, wow. Wait, you would have known. It's almost like I sent you forward in time. Yeah. Like, That's anyway. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> There's also another bike in the garage, and it kind of looks like a souped down bike from Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah, it, it looks does. like this it looks like the squirtle to that bike's last noise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it does. Yeah, it's just it's like missing the lion head and like the tassels yeah. and stuff. So it's Biff, totally Biff one hundred. I wouldn't be surprised. I actually wouldn't be surprised if that is literally the same bike that's just like was just sitting in a prop room somewhere that they wheeled into Tim Burton's office and was like, "Throw up on this," and then he did, and that's how we got that movie. Good morning. <laughs> that's canon until I hear otherwise. <laughs> Also, Biff, speaking of canon, Biff 100% stole that bike from a child. Absolutely. That's not his bike. No. That is the bike of a very, very silly boy that doesn't have a bike now. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I love the detail. So so it's taken Doc, I mean, a long time to get here because, you know, it was the morning when he was informed of what was happening. Uh of like Marty being locked in the garage and now it's, it's the evening. What did he and, do? Well, he obviously, he, he, he definitely went and bought a, 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 a disguise. Sure. So he bought his hat cause he pulls the tag off and I assume he bought that jacket, that like coat that he's wearing. Mm. Yeah. He also, um, he also bought the bike. So there's a tag on the bike later on. Oh, okay. So he bought the bike too. Okay. Yeah, a little, little shopping spree. Yeah. Um, but he didn't buy an, an inconspicuous shirt. He's still wearing that train shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's, I mean, he's wearing the coat, I guess. Mm. I don't know. It's not, I, I'd say it's less 
I'd say it's more inconspicuous in 1955 than it was in, in 1985. It's true. Oh, the Hawaiian shirts? Yeah, the, well, like the Hawaiian shirt with like the with like the Art Deco trains on it. <laughs> That's true. I mean, he doesn't. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to be honest, like he wouldn't stick out because he looks like he's from the future. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, look at that weird guy in 1955. Yeah. Um. It's not so like he's wearing a shirt to, with like the Sex Pistols written on it, right? So then we cut to uh, Papa Loves Mambo. Uh, oh my God, Perry, uh, per- Perry, uh, Perry Como, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we're, th- this is one of my favorite shots in the movie. I think. Yes, me uh, too. Because it's just they just threw the camera on the back of the car and like, you know, it's it. I don't know. It's just a cool. It's a cool shot because everything it really feels like you're inside the car, even though it's a convertible, because everything the way they've locked down the camera, everything in the in the car is exactly the way it is when you're riding in a car. Like it's 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 still and it's like you're in a little room and the world is moving around you. Mm. Also, I just want to say move the camera to the front, but the same perspective. Biff stone faced getting ready to ruin Lorraine's life driving <laughs> down a highway to Papa Loves Mambo is like the greatest scene the, that Martin Scorsese never shot. <laughs> like, just think about that from the front perspective and it's like terrifying. You know, Martin Scorsese, he really missed out on casting Thomas F. Wilson in Goodfellas. Oh, totally. He would have he, he made it great. He, I would be interesting if to do like a Jason Reitman style reading of Goodfellas with him as Tommy. <laughs> that would be that would be phenomenal. Well, I'm funny? I'm funny? <laughs> well, like a clown? Like a clown? <laughs> that would be great. Oh man. You'd be so um, surprised to get that call. Yeah. We want you to play Tommy in a reading of Goodfellas. <laughs> so for some reason, uh our our little Canadian hero mm-hmm. uh he has the balls to just oh my god just talk to talk on his walkie-talkie in the back seat with Biff driving like not only is he all right man he pops up from the back it's (laughs) he pops completely up he's sitting upright (laughs) he's Uh. like right in the view of like the rear view mirror (laughs) like what is he doing Sly Cooper and the Thievius Raccoonus had like better more realistic stealth logic than this. And I, <laughs> I, I, I hate being this guy. I hate being this, this like the calling it out guy, but it's just so insulting that he just stands up and just starts talking into the walkie talkie. Well, and, and I do like, it doesn't happen in this minute, but there, is, there does come up a, an explanation uh, for, for why Biff isn't noticing this. Oh, Okay. Um, but, but it comes in the, I think it's, I think it's in tomorrow's minute. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it's just, man, like, I, I, like, yeah, they do come up with a good reason, but it's also, I mean, in the movie, you have to understand that Marty wouldn't know that. And (laughs) yeah, that's true. This is crazy. (laughs) This is insane. Like, Dude, you're not. I mean, you're in conspic. You're inconspicuously dressed, yes, but you're still in the back of someone's yeah. car. That's never not going to be weird. <laughs> you lunatic. 
what are you doing? Um, but I do like the detail of the of the when they drive into the bridge that uh, they lose their signal. Oh yeah, yeah. Finally, that that signal is proved proven to be stopped. Yeah, I really do like that a lot. So do you Man, know what? the range? The range on these walkie talkies, my god. Yeah, it's huge. <laughs> this minute actually got me looking at uh, maps for Hill Valley, oh. and. Yeah, I, I went down that rabbit hole. I couldn't find anything official. I even pulled out my visual history of Back to the Future book. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah, I have one. Yeah, and so I, I, I pulled that out because I figured there might be a map in there somewhere and there wasn't. But I, I pulled one. I, I pulled one out, actually, on from Imgur. And it looks pretty good. But the only thing about it that is completely inaccurate is... Biff's house is like the road out to Biff's house because there's it shows one road out to Biff's house. It shows the tunnel, but then there's no other way to get to the town square. And this way, Doc would have passed Biff and Marty in the car somewhere, somewhere along the line to get to the yeah. town square. That would have been a funny joke if he just like rode right past Biff and then. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Yeah, I I just I don't I don't really know. Hill Valley is an interesting uh it's an interesting town because I'm not I'm just not entirely sure how it works. Like the economy like, a, as a as a town cuz you've got the town square and we know later um you know, later in the history of, of Hill Valley, uh, they sort of build out the outskirts and that's where you get the mall and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but like as it stands now, like why is the high school so far away from town? Yeah, no, it is. It is weird. It's uh, but it, it does kind of ring true somewhat coming from, I don't know, my, my small town in Texas there were eras where just the hospital would be like just in nothing, just in a, in a, in a prairie. But then now you go there and there's like a shopping center and there's like a, uh, you know, a bank, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I, it, it is interesting how going backwards from three to then one to two, you know what I mean? The, the chronological, you know, Mm. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. So you guys know where uh, this uh, uh what else, what other movie this tunnel was used in? It's uh it's the tunnel to Toontown and Who Framed Roger Rabbit, right? It is. Nice guy. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, I always every time they drive through it, I always like start hearing like the opening uh <laughs> the opening notes of the <laughs> Of the Roger Rabbit, like, do-do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> what if, what if, just through that tunnel, just just Toontown happened and audiences had to, like, deal with it? <laughs> like, wait, what? So the other day, uh, uh, Brian, because Brian's one of our uh, our uh, most, uh, I don't know, active listeners, I guess. <laughs> Um, the other day, somebody, somebody, uh, put out the call that somebody should do a Roger Rabbit minute and, uh, Brian, uh, volunteered us for the job, <laughs> Back to the Future. <clears throat> uh, 
And uh, I oh. was just thinking, I, I was thinking of how much fun that would be, but I would also feel like a fraud because I'm not, I don't know cartoons as well mm. as they should. I feel oh, like yeah. whoever does wow. that show should be someone who should really know cartoons. You would you know? go crazy on the research. Yeah, right. All that cartoon research. Mm-hmm. But there's like people who are just like nuts about cartoons and about like classic animation and stuff. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's who should do a Roger Rabbit minute. But uh, I would feel like a fraud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> as much as I love that movie. Sure. But, uh, but yeah, looking at this map uh, that, that Brian was talking about. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't. Everything doesn't make any sense. Like, what what were you saying, Brian, about about how Doc comes into the scene? Well, so later in this minute, when Doc approaches mm-hmm. town, uh, the uh, town square, he's walking mm-hmm. up to where the DeLorean is. He is walking east towards uh, towards the clock tower, but on this map here, Biff Tannen's house is is east of Town Square, right. So he'd become. So he would have actually looped around and then gone at it from a different direction, right? Which which doesn't it doesn't make any sense at a surface level. However, we do know that Doc, as a character, tends to take the long way around of things, right? And and pace and do circles for no reason. <laughs> it's it's a well known character trait of Doc's. Um, that brings so, me to my next thought is yeah. doc he goes to biff's house and he says you know, where is that kid you know he's not here he he's lived this day before he has lived this day before and he knows exactly how this day plays out don't you think he would have assumed that they had gone to the school oh yeah like why doesn't he just know to why go would to he the go to the town square dance yeah i mean i guess he just doesn't even know where marty could possibly be i guess Mm. I mean, maybe he doesn't know that Marty is in the in the backseat of Biff's car or isn't thinking about that because, oh, my God, why would he do that? That would be crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't uh, I don't really have anything else for this minute. I mean, you know, the last like 30 seconds of this is is Doc realizing where he's biked himself. I really <laughs> like that reveal. It really kind of reminds you how iconic just that that setting is to this franchise you know yeah yeah what did he expect yeah, I mean, to see under that tarp that's weird yeah that's really <laughs> I weird think, well i think i think he's just you know it's one of those things where you're just like you know what's under the tarp but but you also are like just let me be wrong about this you know <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's roger rabbit i think he just wants to be in denial just yeah Maybe it's that taxi from Roger Rabbit. <laughs> hey, how about those Brooklyn Dodgers? <laughs> um, so, uh, Brian, what what is your uh, background with, with Back to the Future? And uh, how did you stumble across this show, I guess? Uh, so, Back to the Future, as long as I can remember, it's always been one of my favorite movies. And now, it, I mean, there was a time where I... I may have said something else but you know it's always now nowadays it's just it's my favorite movie i watch it whenever i'm you know, having a bad day or if i'm sick you know anything like that uh just yeah it's just always been there for me i i envy the people that remember their first time watching it uh, 
And it's funny, actually, because you guys were telling, I remember early on in the show, you guys were telling a story about the Back to the Future ride at Universal Studios. And mm-hmm. almost beat for beat, I can't remember which one of you it was, uh, beat for beat, it was the same exact story as what I experienced. I, I went to Universal Studios, I wrote it with my family, and it scared the ever-loving crap out of me. <laughs> and Yeah, that was me. That was definitely yeah. me. <laughs> And so the second time, my parents wanted to go ride it again. And so my sister and I, we stayed off of the ride. And they actually took us to the ride control room to kind of hold us and wait for our parents. And we could actually see our parents on a closed, uh, closed circuit television. We could see them oh, wow. riding the ride. Yeah. And that's awesome. Yeah, it was super cool. And it just it breaks my heart now that that's not there because that, that, that memory is so ingrained in my brain. And it breaks my heart that it's not there anymore. But yeah. no, I came across Back to the Future Minute because I, I was a huge fan of Star Wars Minute. And I'd always been thinking, man, I would love for someone to start Back to the Future Minute. And, you know, I don't have any experience podcasting myself. And I kicked around the idea a little bit, but never got it off the ro- off the ground. And then, you know, lead up to October 21st last year, I was just thinking, I wonder if someone's starting this this year and you guys were maybe three weeks into it by that point. And I was like, yep, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> nice. nice. Um, nice. yeah. So, uh, that's, that's awesome. And, uh, thank you, uh, for being on the show and thank you for being a, a, a Patreon member. Yeah. Of course. Well, yeah. Thank you guys for having me. I love you guys. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we will, uh, we'll definitely going to do another Patreon all-star week for part three. So maybe we'll end up having you back. Sounds perfect. I'd love to come back. Cool. Cool. Um, all right. Well, uh, that's all we got for this minute. In the meantime, you can go to our website, duelinggenre.com, uh, where you can check out our other podcast, the doctor's companion, our doctor who podcast we do with Cassandra Fredrickson and geek by night, our original audio drama that Nick and I executive produce and write and direct and all that stuff with a bunch of other people. Uh, you can also check out our Patreon page, duelinggenre.com slash support, um, where uh, where you can, uh, just like Brian here, uh, you can uh, subscribe to that and possibly win a, win, uh, a spot, a guest spot on uh, Back to the Future Minute Part 3 uh, next year. So be on the lookout for that. And, uh, of course, special thanks to our Patreon associate producers, David Jeffries and Leaper182. And we'll talk to you tomorrow with Minutes 74. Bye. Bye. Bye.